to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The more you feed the Spirit, the more you starve the flesh. You see, a lot of times what we're doing is we're just trying to starve the flesh. But it doesn't work that way. You can't starve the flesh. It will never die out that way. You have to feed the Spirit. And then it's the Spirit that subdues the flesh. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Galatians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21 in a message titled, The Spirit and the Flesh. Now, here's Pastor Brian. I want to just, you know, walk us through some kind of obvious things that will just enhance our our spiritual experience and bring us to that place that Paul describes here, that this walking in the Spirit. If we just engage ourselves in these things, we just immerse ourselves in these things. You know, when you read through the Scriptures, the one thing that you see with the people that are highlighted, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, you find that, you know, these people were just, to put it very simply, their whole lives were about Jesus. Of course, the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't come yet, but their whole everything was about the Lord. And so when it comes to the New Testament, it's more specifically, but their, their whole life was about Jesus. They did a bunch of other things, but Jesus was at the center of it. And, and that's really what it is to look like for us as well, that we might do a lot of other things. We might do things that would be deemed as secular in a certain sense because they're not, like I said, in the context of a, you know, a church service or something like that. But if in your heart you've got Jesus at the center of it, then that, that brings it into this, this picture that we're talking about here. But these are the things that, as we just immerse ourselves in these things, these will result in us walking in the Spirit. And the first thing right at the top of the list is engagement with God's Word. You know, engagement with God's Word. This is, a, this is an absolute fact. I can tell you after, you know, 35 years of being a pastor, I can tell you this. The people who engage consistently with the word of God are the people who experience the blessing and the benefit of, you know, the, the, the spiritual life. The, the believers who, who are not engaged with the word of God are the ones that have the most consistently the ongoing struggles with the flesh. It's, it just is that, it's that simple in some ways. It comes down to that because it's through God's word that our spiritual lives are strengthened. It's through God's word that we are transformed, actually. God's word is not like any other word. It's God's word, and it has transformative power, and it renews us into the image of the one who made us. And so the more we engage with God's word, the more we will find ourselves walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And engagement with God's word is something that we do on a personal level, meaning that we take the time, not just 
you know, at a church service, but we, we take the time ourselves and we, we spend time consistently in God's word, meditating on it, asking God to speak to us through it, asking him to guide and direct our lives through it, becoming familiar with it. But we also have that other aspect where we're, you know, we're kind of doing that right now, where we're, we're coming together around God's word. We're looking to his spirit and the gifts of the spirit with, with teaching and prophecy and those things to also be actively at work to give us better understanding and, and to speak, you know, into our lives. So, but, it, but it's an engagement with God's word. Remember this, I, I always am... Every time I read this, I'm, I'm touched by these words of Jesus. He said, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that, that is so profound. Man shall not live by bread only. And bread, there is food. Man shall not live by food only. Man is not just a, a, a material being. We are spiritual beings. And just as food is what nourishes our material bodies, so God's word is the primary nourishment for our spiritual person. And if we understand that God's word is to the soul and to the spirit, what food is to the body, you know, we're, we will have that same perspective. It's like, you know, it's not like I've, I've got to eat, like somebody's forcing this down me and I don't want to eat. It's like, man, I get to eat. I get to, to have that that, that favorite meal. And, and as we engage with God's word and as we, we develop the appreciation for it, that we potentially should have and rightly ought to have, that, that's what happens. It starts to become this thing where it's like, man, all right, I, I get to eat. And so it's, it starts there, engagement with God's word personally, it, like I said, in the sense that, that you know, you pick up your Bible, you, you read it. And, and, but also, you know, there are so many wonderful supplemental kinds of things that are available to us as well. We live in unprecedented time of Christian literature and, and so forth, you know, in, in the West and especially in the English language, we have more uh, there, there's more resources, tools in the English language for Bible study and, and so forth than in any other language. There's more stuff available to us today than there ever has been. It's more easily accessed these days than it ever has been before. And, you know, now with the advent of all of the electronics and the technology and everything, you know, you... You used to have to, you know, if you wanted to listen to your favorite Bible teacher, you had to be somewhere where, you know, there was either a radio station or you had, uh, you know, you had to order their, their tape series or whatever. Man, now it's all just, you know, it's right there. You just download it. You get the podcast. You can go through. And there's so much stuff. There's, there's absolutely no good reason why we shouldn't be saturating ourselves with God's word. So... That's a priority right there. That's where it starts. And, and then along with God's word, just these, these spiritual practices, prayer. Again, prayer is not, for, for us, it's not a duty because we're not trying to earn something from God through prayer. Prayer is a, is a, it's a delight. It's part of the, the relationship that we have. We get to communicate with God. We get to talk to God. 
We read God's word. He speaks to us as he's speaking to us as we're, as we're reading the scriptures, meditating on them, thinking about them. Uh, we talk back to him. We share our hearts with him. We tell him our concerns, our fears, all of those kinds of things. We, we look for a response from him. You see, again, we're just talking about a life where we're, we're conscious of and living in the spirit. Again, I want to go back to the biblical picture. When you read the New Testament, just read the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, what you see is these people lived day to day with a consciousness of the fact that there was a spiritual world, that things were not just what they seemed on the outside, but there was something that was going on behind the scenes. They, they lived with this. They understood this. And they conducted their lives in relation to that reality. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Walking in the Spirit is just recognizing that the Spirit is the primary thing, the foremost thing. And, and the battle that we all face is the, the imposition of the material upon the Spirit. One of the huge philosophies in the world is materialism. What does materialism ultimately say? It doesn't ultimately say, hey, you should buy as many you know, clothes as you can get or have the nicest car that you have. That's not the essence of materialism. The essence of materialism is that the material is all there is, and therefore the material is all that matters. But the Bible gives a completely different picture. The Bible says that the material is temporal, and the spiritual is eternal. Therefore, it's the spiritual that ultimately really matters. So we who walk in the spirit are people who are going to be conscious of that and, and living with that sense that, you know, the main reality is the spiritual. So I feed my spirit through the word of God. So I communicate with God through prayer. So I find myself just taking occasion and looking for opportunity to praise God. All of these things are, are ways of cultivating my spiritual life. And that's just me by myself. But then you have the, the connection with one another. So we have fellowship. And fellowship is the relationships that we have with each other where Christ is the center of those relationships. And so I, through that fellowship, I, I am blessed and I, I grow because I glean from you and I, I see God's work in your life and I'm, I'm challenged by it or I'm comforted by it or, or you know something like that. There's something that's happening there between us because of the fellowship that we share. And then, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about just the, the whole idea of, of community, being in community together. And, and that, that simply means doing life together with other Christians. And there, there are some Christians who, who literally live lives of isolation when it comes to this whole idea of community and doing life with other believers, they're, they're isolated. They're isolated even when they come and they're in the midst of a, a group of other Christians. They don't connect. They don't associate. They don't, they don't really engage. But we have to engage in these things. And that's one of the reasons why we've moved toward 
trying to establish these community groups where, you know, a dozen or so people can really begin to bond together with one another around God's word and his spirit and his purposes and, and those kinds of things. And all of this is just what life in the spirit looks like. And then there's, there's service to God. You know, being involved in service. Did you know that when you serve God, he empowers you to do it? And in serving God, there is both an outlet for the things that you are receiving from him, and there's also an infusion of new things that he gives you. I don't know if you realize that or not. Serving God isn't just this thing like, oh, gosh, I got to go do that, and I'm just going to be so drained when I go do that. No, actually, when you go do that, you are going to be energized by the Spirit of God because God's going to be with you. He's going to give you supernatural strength and ability and, and things like that. And, and oftentimes, people have experienced this multiple times, and, and I have experienced this multiple times, where even maybe on a physical level, I just didn't feel like I had the strength to do certain things, but just feeling like prompted, like, you know, I need to do it. And then finding that God would meet you there and give you a, a real sense of, of his presence and power. So engaging in service and being that, that person who steps out in witness for Christ and all of that. Again, you know, perhaps you've experienced this where you, you've just, taken a step to share your faith with somebody, and you have found when you've done that, that suddenly you, you know things you didn't know you knew. And you, you feel the, this power to, to just, you know, communicate the, these vital, eternal truths. That's the Lord meeting you there. That's the Lord doing what the Spirit does in those circumstances. So these are the kinds of things and again, it's not that these things just happen in certain locations, like the sacred places, but we just take the sacred wherever we go. And like the scripture says, like Paul would say in other places, whatever we're doing, we're doing with all of our heart as to the Lord, not to men. If, if, if I'm doing something that's obviously connected to the kingdom and it's an outreach, it's a you know, a missions trip or it's an evangelistic endeavor or something, you know, fantastic. But also if I'm just, I'm, I'm there on my job and I'm doing what I'm doing there as unto the Lord. And that place becomes a sacred place. That becomes even a context where I can be walking in the spirit and experiencing that life of the spirit. And then the final thing I would say is just the simple truth of obedience. Walking in the Spirit means walking in obedience to the things that God has laid out for us in his word. Those who are walking in the Spirit are, are walking in obedience, and that's really that, the outcome of walking in the Spirit. Paul says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, the thing that I want you to see as we close here is that we oftentimes, in seeking to overcome the flesh, we approach it from the wrong direction. And this is vital. And this is really what the passage is pointing us to. 
But what, what do I mean by we approach it from the wrong direction? Well, here's how we often approach it. I, I see things in my life that are manifestations of the flesh. And I know that these things are wrong. I know that they're unpleasing to God. I know that I shouldn't be engaging in these things. And so here's how I approach it. I, I look at that and say, you know, I, I know that's wrong. I know this doesn't please the Lord. I, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I'm just, you know, I'm going to take every precaution and I'm going to make sure that I don't go near that. And I'm going to you know, just not think about those things. And when that temptation comes up, I'm going to run away from it. And, you know, so that's what we do. And then inevitably what happens to us is even though we are determined, even though we are committed, we find ourselves stumbling over and over again. We find ourselves caught in this cycle of, you know, I just keep doing this thing over again. But, but I swore that I wouldn't do it. I know it's the flesh, and I know I'm not supposed to walk in the flesh. And so, you see, our, but our approach is from the wrong direction. How, how is it from the wrong direction? I'm approaching it through my own determination, and ultimately, I'm leaning on my own strength, even though I might not think I am. I'm saying, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. But I keep doing it. Why? Because I've got it reversed. You see, the way to approach it is not to approach it that way, but the way to approach it is to just say, you know, I am going to dive head first into the things of the Spirit. And listen, when you do that, you know what happens? You find that those things that you've struggled with, those things that have just seemed to have you bound up, those things that you haven't been able to get a victory over, you know what you find? You just find that they, they just drop off of you. They, they just, you know, sometimes you don't even recognize it until maybe a few months have passed and then you suddenly, it suddenly hits you like, wow, wait, I, I, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not even thinking about that. How is that? Well, because you've, you've just immersed yourself in the things of the Spirit. And so as you, as you do that, as you just engage yourself more and more with the Lord, then he, by the Spirit, is going to subdue those things of the flesh. The more you feed the Spirit, the more you starve the flesh. So you see, a lot of times what we're doing is we're just trying to starve the flesh. But it doesn't work that way. You can't starve the flesh. It will never die out that way. You have to feed the spirit. And then it's the spirit that subdues the flesh. So you see, it's the coming at it from the right direction is coming at it from the place of I'm just I'm going to just give myself over to the things of the spirit. And the more I immerse myself in this, the more I engage in the life of the spirit and the things of the spirit, these things will inevitably die off because they are the, the works of the flesh and the flesh is being subdued by the spirit. So it's kind of the, you know, the illustration is uh, the illustration of, you know, if you go into a dark room, how do, you, how do you expel the darkness? It's very simple. You just turn on the light. That's what you do. That's, that's the way to get the darkness out. You turn on the light. And 
that's what we're talking about here. You turn on the light. You just, you, you engage with the spirit. And you find that the darkness is then dispelled. So this is, this is the beautiful thing. Now, the, the last thing that I want you to see as we close is I want you to see that what Paul does here is he kind of brings everything that he said right to this point. So it's like, okay, he's talked about the error of the false teachers. He's talked about the folly of the Galatians. Uh, he's, he's corrected their, their wrong views. He's established the, the truth from the scriptures. He's, he's done all of that. And verse 16, these first three words, I say then. So it's like Paul is, you know, okay, here's, here's all of the, the, the wrong thinking and behavior that we've addressed and dealt with. So where do we go from here? I say then. This is where we go from here. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this is the answer to everything. This is the answer to all of those issues that the Galatians were confused about and, and the things that they were uh, drifting back into and, and all of that. This is the answer. The answer is walk in the spirit. And so wherever we are at today in confusion, in any kind of bondage to our, our flesh in the sense of, you know, behaving according to the, the works of the flesh, what is the solution? The solution is walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Immerse yourself in the things of the spirit. Just, just dive in with everything. Just a full and complete, you know, immersion is the word I keep using because, you know, to immerse something means you just, it goes all the way under and just go all the way in with the spirit and you will find that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, victory over sin is not unattainable. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean we're going to live sinlessly perfect lives. But what it does mean is that those, those things that bind us up and those things that you know, really impede our progress and those things that prevent us from really experiencing the fullness of God's blessing upon our lives, those things are going to be dealt with. And as we just continue to do this, as this just is our lifestyle, it's a lifestyle of the spirit, we find that the victory is the result. And that's what it means. Not fulfilling the lust of the flesh is the victory that we have through this simple instruction of walking in the spirit. For the month of May, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. Sickness, disease, broken homes, poverty, people young and old all around the world are experiencing distress. Have you ever wondered how a loving God could allow so much suffering in the lives of people he claims to love? Well, in her book, Confronting Christianity, Rebecca McLaughlin tackles this question and 11 others about Christianity. If you've ever wrestled with questions about Christianity or want to be prepared for those who are, we encourage you to call us right now. 
at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Galatians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. Hi, this is Cheryl and Brian Broderson. And we wanted to tell you that we're going to Israel in October 2022. And we want you there with us. Yeah, the dates are October 23rd through November 4th. And this is going to be a tremendous trip. Cheryl, what's your favorite thing about Israel? I love the Galilee, but Brian... You and I both know there's so much because we love watching the Bible come alive, whether you're at Tel Aviv or you're at Jerusalem or Caesarea. Yep. Or Mount Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yes. We are so excited about this Israel trip because we absolutely love going to Israel. So we'd love to have you join us October 23rd through November 4th, 2022. And you can find more information at israel.cccm.com. We'd love to have you join us.